The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's a Fandom Thing. This week, we are going to be talking about Broadway musicals, which is a very, very broad topic. So we're going to try and narrow it down to some. Um, And we do have a first-time guest, and it's a teenager that we have on, so it's going to be exciting. So, But before we get into that... Um, once again, I want to remind everybody that we are we do have sponsorship now for as little as ninety nine cents a month to nine ninety nine a month. Um, you can donate to the podcast directly through Anchor, um, and all the money we receive from that from now until I'm moving the date to October first will all be donated to Black Lives Matter organizations. Um, and we have quite a few of those. I'm going to be posting on the Facebook page the ones that we're going to try and donate to um, once we get a lot more money in. Um, and then we are still working on the silent auction that I've mentioned before. I apologize that hasn't come about yet. That's something that, like I said, I am very new to. So I'm just learning everything, making sure that we do it the best way so that we can make sure that we get as much money going with this. Uh, we do already have some great items that people um, have offered up. So that should be a lot of fun just to see everybody doing that and being able to donate a lot of money. Um, and then we are having advertisements, just one ad right now. So I'm sure you've heard it. And like I said, all the proceeds we receive from that as well will now until October 1st be donated to various Black Lives Matter organizations. And as I've said before, even after that uh, portion of proceeds will probably continue to be donated to various organizations. These will change over time, but, uh, you know, depending on needs and new ones that pop up. Um, And today I want to highlight, since this is... um, A local thing. And recently, our governor, um, Jared Polis, issued an executive order to reopen the case regarding the killing of Elijah McClain. So that's a really good thing that's been reopened. Um, Next step is hopefully justice for Elijah. Uh, So we are, I'm going to link this in the show notes, but the GoFundMe that was organized by his mom. And what she's doing is she's going to be creating a foundation. Um, Elijah's foundation with this money. So she's trying to raise a lot of money for that. So I will definitely be linking to that in the show notes. And then we will also continue to donate um, a portion of whatever we receive um, to that. Oh, and then I wanted to add really quickly, if you do become a sponsor, you do have the opportunity. I'm going to randomly pick a name um, in August for a episode that you get to be on. The episode topic to be determined, like I've mentioned before, it'll probably be something that I will allow um, 
the guests to decide within reason <laughs> what the subject is that we that we cover, what the fandom is, or a fandom topic. So more on that to come. Okay, so now let's go around and have everybody introduce themselves and tell me one thing in pop culture that you're excited about right now. I'm going to start with you, Judy. Hi, my name is Judy. And um, for pop culture right now, in especially in honor of our musical episode here, I just have to talk about I'm uh, doing a rewatch of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And, oh my gosh, I love this show so much. If you haven't seen it, it's every episode's a little musical. They all have uh, at least two original musical numbers. And the, sh- the whole show is just hilarious. And the whole thing's like a touching homage to the musical genre itself, but they include every genre of music and um, diverse characters and relationships. And even the two main characters are like plus size ladies. Like how often do we ever see that? Right. Um, And the name scares some people off because it sounds a little off putting crazy. (laughs) But I highly suggest anybody who loves musicals, check this out. Yeah, I've I've only watched like one episode, I think. So I've got to revisit that at some point. It is on my list of future episodes that we will definitely be doing at some point. So yeah, so we'll have to do that. Does anyone else watch that one? Um, I watched it from inception to the very end. And even though that final season was um, pretty, I think, uh, odd because just of the pacing, I thought the overall the overall tenor of the show was outstanding. And that first season is amazing. It is amazeball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like really classic television. So yes, I, uh, I highly recommend two thumbs up. If you all can't see me, two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and then first time guest, Lydia, Lydia, if you want to introduce yourself and tell me one thing you're into right now in pop culture. Um, hi, I'm Lydia. And I don't know. I'm really excited for the new Hamilton movie that's going to come out on July 3rd because, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. And we are definitely going to be talking about Hamilton for sure. So, <laughs> And Tiffany? Hi, I'm Tiffany. And thanks again once more for having me on the show, Erin. And uh, welcome to our first timer, Lydia. Glad to have you. Um Right now, let's see. I'm not watching anything new right this second, but I just finished a um, Netflix series called Unorthodox. And it's about a Hasidic girl named Esther Shapiro. And she does not uh, care for her life. And if you know the ultra-Orthodox Hasidic communities of, um, especially in Williamsburg and Brooklyn, they get married extremely young like 18, 19, um, and they start popping babies out left and right. That's their goal is to um, is to go forth and procreate. And her dream is actually to sing and to play the piano. So she travels all the way to, uh, to Germany. It's really good. It's really interesting. And it's only four episodes. I felt like it was too short. I thought it should be about maybe six or seven <laughs> to really get into it. Um, but it's, it's really, really a great, a great series. So Check it out if you have time. And that was Unorthodox on Netflix. Cool. Yeah, I'm adding that to my list because I've heard about that show. So, yes, yeah, so I've got to watch that one. 
And this is Aaron, and I'm breaking my rule, and I'm going to mention three things. <laughs> um, first one is the wonderful documentary on Netflix called Disclosure, and it's all about the history of representation um, of trans men and women in film. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing documentary. I highly recommend watching it. Um, it goes through the years showing, you know, some troublesome depictions, um, how it's changed. Um, and also just to let you know, behind the scenes, they had a lot of people behind the scenes that were trans as well. So not just people talking in front of the camera. Um, they they made, sh uh, made a concerted effort to make sure that happened as well because representation in front of the camera is very important, but so is representation behind the camera. So I highly recommend that one. That goes along with a lot of the stuff we talked about um, it, during our Pride Month discussions. So, yeah, and a lot of great, great, wonderful actors and actresses are on there. You know, a lot of trans men and women are on there. So I highly recommend that one. Um, and the other one I'm going to recommend, uh, well, the the second one, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to recommend is another thing on HBO Max. I feel like almost every week I recommend something from HBO Max. But there is a series on there that was originally on CNN, so and I don't have cable, so I didn't see it then. But it's um, all about the history of film. So it goes through the golden age, the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then 2000s. And I'm a film geek, so it was really good, really fascinating. It was uh, especially 80s, 90s, and 2000s was uh, very memory-inducing. <laughs> Gave me a lot of ideas for future podcasts. I have to say I made a huge list. So that's a really good one. And then lastly, I finished last night the latest season of American Horror Story. So this is totally different from the other two that I've recommended, um, except for Angelica Ross is on there. And she is amazing. Um, I loved her with Emma Roberts. They had almost like a... Um, which this isn't a spoiler because it doesn't necessarily go this way, but they almost had a Thelma and Louise thing going on towards the end, which was really cool. Um, and another thing that was so awesome about Angelica Ross's character is they never, ever made it like – they never said she was trans, so she just was able to play – a woman and it was never like you know like they didn't make it a big huge deal or anything like so that was really awesome to see um and also it's just a great send-up of 80s slasher flicks and the music in it is amazing because i'm a sucker for that kind of music so that one is a lot of fun um it's and it's got an ending to it that most american horror story uh seasons do not have <laughs> I was kind of surprised. I kept waiting for something else to happen, and then it was over. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's that's kind of an emotional ending, <laughs> which was kind of surprising. And, of course, tons of twists. And I will never, ever be able to listen to Billy Idol the same way again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into musicals. So first, I'll just go around and just ask everybody sort of what was the first – uh, musical you fell in love with, Judy? So I grew up in a very musical household. Um, everybody's always, my mother loved to sing. Music was always playing. And my mother's joke um, about herself was she always burst into song at the least provocation. Something that she's absolutely passed on to me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I can remember a time um 
um, I'm to the I'm at the age before streaming and before VCRs existed and DVRs existed. So there was one t- one chance a year to watch things like Mary Poppins and The Sound of Music, and it was like Christmas in my house. So when a musical came on, we got to stay up late. You know, mom made popcorn. We were all, everybody hovered around the TV. So I can remember those early, you know, once a year musical opportunities. But the first time I actually got to go and watch one live, you know, stage show, it was actually just a high school performance of um, Oklahoma. And I was just enthralled, you know eyes bugged out. <laughs> um, you know, I sat there with my jaw in my lap. I was just in love with this um, style, you know, the musical performance on stage and the uh, music and the dancing, the costumes and just the whole way it made me feel. So, and Oklahoma is a pretty big old classic musical anyway. So, you know, Oklahoma is the one that, that reeled me in. Awesome. And then Lydia? Um, probably Hamilton. Like I heard, I think, the Battle of Yorktown. And I was like, what is this? And so every day in the car, like me and my mom and these two kids that she nannied, um, we would listen to Hamilton. Like, And that was like really cool. And I got to see it too in New York. Like, oh, cool. awesome. That's very cool. And then Tiffany? Um, my first probably memory of a musical was definitely Mary Poppins. So um, synergy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, um, I, I was just uh, in awe of everything that, um, that it would, that it represented it because it was about magic and it was about, um, fun, but it was also about kind of t- almost teaching responsibility, but in a fun way. And um, spoonful of sugar, <laughs> exactly a spoonful <laughs> of sugar, exactly, exactly. And then you know you're seeing this as a kid, and they're they're cleaning up, and it's and she's making it fun, and it's just um, an unbelievable amount of um, I think intricacy that went into it, and I. And I appreciated that. And I, I think I saw it when I was, I mean, I was little, like probably maybe six or seven. My mom sat down and we watched it together. And um, she's not a huge musical fan, but I, I know she likes Mary Poppins. So she wanted to put that into, you know, give me that as well. So definitely Mary Poppins. And then when I got a little bit older, you know, honestly, um, Carmen Jones is a smaller known musical and it's you know it's an all-black cast mm-hmm. uh starring Dorothy Dandridge and um Harry Belafonte and it is incredible it is incredible um so if you haven't checked that out check that out because I think you all will like that as well but definitely a, a first memory is is Mary Poppins that's like definitely right there <laughs> yeah. cool and uh, mine are, there are quite a few. Um, Oklahoma, same Judy, was the first one I ever really as a kid fell in love with. Um, and I think a lot of that, honestly, was because um, of Curly. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that was part of the reason when I was young. Um, 
but the, there were, you know, and, and I only saw the, I saw it on stage once years ago, but I just remember watching the movie and also just records. My mom had so many records and she had like tons of different musicals, like The King and I, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones, but, and I'm, sh- and I know I saw Mary Poppins at a young age as well. Um, and I was in choir and we used to sing, uh, the sound of music, which I'm actually not a fan of the sound of music, I'll admit. <laughs> um, but, and I could, it could be because of that. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it was because I grew up around a mom who loved musicals too. My sister doesn't, but my mom loves them. Um, and so I think that sort of instilled the bug in me. And I also loved performing and loved acting and I can't really sing, but so I think that's another reason why I loved musicals so much. And I'm trying to remember what the first musical was that I saw live. Um, I know, I think one of the earliest ones was Hello Dolly. Um, I saw that one and then also Chorus Line. I remember that very, very specifically. And then um, later on, we'll, we'll get into this when we talk about it, but um, Phantom of the Opera. So those those were some of my early experiences. But yeah, I just, I with Oklahoma, I used to belt those songs out at the top of my lungs. <laughs> and I mean, when you really look at some of, some of the aspects of that musical, there are some very problematic things in that musical. <laughs> it's old, it's old, it's another but, time. But it's, old. And I, but it's, but it's still, it's, it hold some memories just because it was one of the first ones but yeah I remember just singing musicals all the time and playing the records constantly and man I miss records but yeah so that was that was my exposure to to musicals um okay uh so let's get let's get into some some of the musicals out there like I said this is such a broad topic that we could spend like a whole week talking about this at least so let's just first talk about one of the most well-known um, creators of musicals, and that's Andrew Lloyd Webber. So let's go around and just talk about him. And if you have uh, favorites of his or maybe you just your general thoughts on him and any experiences with seeing any of his musicals live, um, Judy. All right. Um, well, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber obviously is is – like you said, the big name um, for musicals that everybody knows and really brings those um, big musicals and popularizes them. His, his musicals are so popular is the thing. Phantom of the Opera and Cats and Avita is really the one that I love um, the most of his. But I do love Phantom of the Opera. I've seen it multiple times and it's just gorgeous. You know, the just so lush and over the top and surreal. Um, But I mean, it's also this dark romantic supernaturally elements. And I actually, I still get chills whenever I watch it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not my favorite musical, um, but I will always, you know, if it's coming to town, I will see it again. I do love it. It's just the pageantry of it is just really amazing. Mm -hmm. And any other ones you want to mention really quickly that you love or I'm hey, I'm curious, did anybody see the London version that was on um it, they they showed it only for one weekend free during this whole COVID thing. Um I had never seen it. It was one of the best productions of it I've ever seen. Production value was just 
so over the top and amazing. And that was a phantom? Yeah, Phantom of the Opera. It was on just a few weeks ago, and I just happened upon it, and they were like, you know, two days only streaming, and that was the, uh, then they took it down. But it was so, so oh, good. I was curious I if anybody it. else had seen it. Yeah, I just yeah, happened I'm, I'm, upon it I'm one day. <laughs> yeah, I loved I missed it, too, because um, as you'll hear in a little bit, that musical means a lot to me, so I'm really bummed <laughs> I missed that. But... Oh, sorry, you did. <laughs> yeah, me, too. So, well, were there any other ones of Andrew Lloyd Webber's that you want to mention really quickly before I move on, before we move on to Lydia? Um, just like I said, Evita, I, I really love um, Evita, the musical and the story. And, you know, I know people joke about the Madonna version, but I really loved it. <laughs> 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 oh, but that's all. <laughs> and then Lydia, do you like any Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals? Um. Yeah, I did like the Phantom of the, um, the Opera and Cats, like, um, because, like, the Phantom, the Phantom of the Opera was, like, really cool, because, like, she's, like, the main character, the girl main character, Christine. She, I forgot her name, um, Christine, um, she, like, asked her father for an angel of music, and then she kind of, like, got the angel of music, kind of, and, like, that was super cool. Um, and I also liked Cats because it was, like, I don't know, it was just really cool. I liked the, like, the costumes were kind of cool, and I liked some of the music. Did you see the live version, or did you see the movie? I know the movies, everybody's joking about it, but I haven't seen it yet. (laughs) I saw, like, the movie, not the live version. I haven't seen the live version of any of it. (laughs) They're musicals. That's cool, yeah, because we were talking before this that uh, none of us had seen Cats before. So, yeah, so that's 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 interesting. Yeah, that's one of the ones of his that I have not seen. Um, cool. And then Tiffany? Um, I think when I think of, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think of, like, he's very prolific. Um, that's kind of how I view his career. Um uh, you know, I think I, I do like Phantom of the Opera as a, I like the music and I like the, the composition of a fan of the, of the opera. The story, I'm like, eh, you know, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but I do like the composition of it. And I actually thought that um, uh, for the, the filmed version of it, like, I didn't think Emmy Rossum did a very bad job. I actually thought she did a really good job with that. Um and I don't, why do I not remember who played? I don't remember who played Gerard that. Butler. Gerard Butler. That's who it was. Yeah. That's why I didn't care for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. no I apologize. do love Emmy Rossum, though. I'm a shameless I, person. So, yeah, yeah. I really like, I've liked Emmy's performances in so many different things. Um, I think my favorite, probably, of Lloyd Webber's is, uh, I think, Jesus Christ Superstar. And I, I mean, obviously the, the original has its moments and then the, uh, the uh, revivals of it, but did you all happen to catch the live stage version that came on? Was it Fox? I did. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to see that so bad and I didn't see it. You know, John Legend was pretty good. 
he was pretty good in it. <laughs> he really was. So I, I wasn't disappointed with it at all. So I think if I, if I look through his entire career, probably I like the composition of um, Phantom of the Opera the best, but Jesus Christ Superstar has a little something going for it that I really appreciate. I think it feels a little bit more raw. It doesn't actually feel like a, an Andrew Lloyd Webber production to me. For some reason, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, maybe I don't, maybe it's the way I was watching it. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, I think that's, yeah, those are the two that are like up here for me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you about, about Jesus Christ Superstar. And I actually was lucky enough uh, when I was in high school and I saw it here um, in Denver, uh, went with my theater group and we got to go backstage and meet the whole cast and, that was really, really cool. So that, that was pretty awesome. So I have great memories of that musical. Um, and I really love that one as well. And then for me, uh, the fan of the opera is my all time favorite musical. Um, as we've established before, when we did our, um, kidnapping as romance trope, uh, episode, I have this, I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> and even though the Phantom is not a good guy, he's just, he's not a good guy. <laughs> um, I always root for him, which I know is horrible, but I do. Um, interestingly enough, though, in the movie versions, I don't. I don't know if anyone's ever watched any of the movie versions that are not musical. Um, just like there was one with Robert England in it as, as the Phantom. Um, and I don't know if anyone's read the play as well because it's based on a play and I don't know if anyone has read that before and there was the novel as well but um but I don't with those interestingly enough because those are a lot darker than the musical maybe that's why um but I've seen Phantom live more than any other musical um I cry pretty much every time um if I don't cry there's been one time that I didn't cry and I went okay well that guy wasn't the best phantom um that's how I can judge is how the guy is um and I don't I don't think I don't know if I cried in the movie so <laughs> which should probably if I didn't cry in the movie that's Gerard Butler's fault so but I do agree Emmy Rossum was really good in that I I really liked her in that and I really loved um Oh my gosh, how am I going to, Mini Driver. I really liked Mini Driver in it as well. I thought she was really fun. She looked like she was having a lot of fun in that role too. Um, but that that musical just, you know, just from the beginning with the chandelier coming down and, you know, I've been lucky enough to see it and be um, in the section of the audience where the chandelier actually comes right over your head and stays right there. Mm-hmm. And that is just intense, especially later on is when it becomes even more intense being right there with the chandelier above you. If you're familiar with the musical, you know why. Um, and just the songs, uh, you know, music of the night, of course, just always just gives me chills and makes me cry. Um, and it's just a beautiful beautiful story even though i know problematic but still <laughs> it's a beautiful story uh, i think and i'm also a fan of opera so that might be another reason that i love it even though it's not operatic per se but i but a lot of the singers in there have to have that kind of range i think um and i just i just think it's a beautiful beautiful tragic story the Phantom um, is a heartbreaking character. Yeah, it's yeah. it's such a tragedy to me, and I and you know that character is one of my favorite characters ever. Um, you know the musical version, 
not the one from the novel necessarily because he's really, really evil in the novel. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a great one. Okay, so let's move on then. Um, and why don't we get a little bit – I didn't have this on the outline, but I don't know if anyone wants to talk about um, Bob Fosse since that's kind of a big – big thing you know within this world as well i mean a lot of with dance as well but you know i mean he's got like all that jazz um chicago of course where he was you know choreographer for that um so i just want to get into him a little bit i know it wasn't on the outline but i just wanted to know if you guys had any thoughts um on bob fossey like any anything that, that that he brought to it i know there was also recently you know that tv show about about him uh, the mini series about bob fossey um, do you have any thoughts on him, Judy? The miniseries is in my queue to watch. I definitely want to check that out because <laughs> I do. I, 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 I love the sexiness, the slinkiness of his style of dance, the, the Chicago style and all that jazz. And I don't know, it's just something, um, I guess Tiffany kind of like you had said, raw, that's a good word for it. Like his it's just sexy and raw and yeah, I, I, I love his style of dance and it's so recognizable. Like you see it, you know it, that's, that's Fosse. So yeah, I love, I love when you see it. And there's so many other things that pay homage to him, you know, when you see that style. So yeah. 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 Big fan. Yeah. Cool. And then um, are you a fan of him at all, Lydia? Are you familiar with his work? Not really. Not really. Okay. Yeah, you should you should um research him a little bit and and watch so you could you could probably watch Chicago um the movie version of Chicago. You probably like that one as well. So and Tiffany, do you have any thoughts on Bob Fosse? I like what Judy said about her being his style being so raw and mm-hmm. so um it's it's really kind of rugged. I I I like the fact that it, you kind of have to have like a really strong core to do Fosse's move <laughs> and, and do them justice. Um, it's not just about being the best dancer. It's about really um, intense musicality and intense uh, rhythmic ability with, with Fosse's core. Yes. Attitude. That's <laughs> it. Got to have that Fosse attitude. Um <laughs> I I did watch the uh, the series the Fosse Verdon series with um, uh, Michelle Williams and ah Sam Sam Rockwell Rockwell that's it <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, and they both were outstanding they were I mean it's really outstanding I think you're really gonna love it Judy when you get to chance when you get a chance to watch it um, my probably my favorite I like all of his work to be honest. Um, uh sweet charity is really good and my viewpoint of sweet charity is from the revival that happened in like the early oos with um gosh a sutton i think it's sutton foster and I think Christina Applegate did one. Um, yes, she did do it. She one. did. She did. Yeah, Christina Applegate too, because I remember seeing um, a blurb of her doing it. And I was like, wow, she looks really great. Um, but Chicago is definitely my favorite uh, Fosse work for sure. And um, I like the, the 02, 03 version of Chicago. I like Catherine Zeta Jones and <laughs> Renee Stolbecker <laughs> in it. 
<laughs> I think it's really good. And I think you should check it out, Lydia. I think you really would like it. It was on TV last night, actually. Uh, I think it was on um, Showtime or one of those. Yeah. Crazy mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend even even did a couple Fosse kind of numbers. <laughs> yeah, Fosse is is um, has got a little bit of that that sexiness, the edge. Um, you know, you you find out he's he wasn't necessarily the the greatest guy in the world <laughs> when you watch that uh, the TV miniseries. But yeah, I, I like a lot of his stuff. Um, I'm. I love dance. And when I was younger, I wanted to be a piano player, a teacher, an actor, a musician, and a dancer. So I wanted to do all of that at the same time. <laughs> oh, and I also wanted to be a lawyer. I, oh, there you go. <laughs> I think I wanted to be a lawyer because, you know, I wanted to get up there in front of, you know, a jury and be all theatrical and defending somebody, especially if they were like a murderer, wrongly convicted or something. I, <laughs> I'm weird. I was a weird kid, but that's what I wanted to do until I realized that being a lawyer, a lot of it isn't doing that. So, um, but anyways, that I digress, but probably my favorite is also Chicago. And I agree. I loved the film version. Um, that was one of my favorite movies that year. And I'm not a big Renee Zellweger fan, but I thought she was really good. And Catherine Zeta Jones was amazing. Everybody was great in that cast. Um, yeah, I, I I highly, highly recommend watching that one, Lydia, to get you started with Fosse. I think you'll really, really like it, especially since since you love musicals so much. It'll be right up your alley. And the dancing dance numbers are incredible. So, yeah, so tell your moms to show you that one for sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, and, you know, there are a couple others that, you know, I was like, wow, we didn't put Stephen Sondheim on here. Um, but let's get into some of not necessarily the more recent, but kind of recent, um, Rent. Let's talk about Rent a little bit and just see if everybody has seen it, likes it, what your thoughts are on it. Judy? Uh, La vie bohème. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so um, Rent is, I I shouldn't say love-hate for me because I do love it. It's love eh, complicated for me. (laughs) So... (laughs) Um, I love Lovey Bowen. That that's I get the chills every time that number. It's just big and exciting, and the diversity, the colors. There's just so much going on, and if you listen to the lyrics, there's so much going on, and it's all about this, you know, bohemian lifestyle, which sounds really cool and and appealing. Not not that in real life I'd want to live it. <laughs> Um, but I just love it. And the the whole idea of to being an us for once instead of them. I, I love that that phrase right there. Um, I also feel like Rent was important um, to the genre, important when it came along because of its message of diversity and just that gritty depiction of um, – AIDS and, and the East Village and starving artists and all of that. So I feel like it was a it it's it's an important to the to the genre. Um, there are parts of Rent that that I love so much, but then there are other things that drive me crazy, like Benny. Uh, like, why is Benny the bad guy? <laughs> 
Um, I mean, I know it's supposed to be sort of against gentrification and all of that stuff, but I'm like, poor Betty, man, he's just trying to make everything better. <laughs> um, you know, with these guys, he owns the building, he can do whatever he wants with it, and they're being all obstinate and not paying their rent. <laughs> So I know that's not the message you're supposed to take from it, but that kind of drives me crazy. Um, but that aside, Rent has a special place for me because, I, again, I do love that it, um, the diversity that you see in it and LGBT characters. And I feel like at the time when it came out, it really... Um, pulled in a brand new audience because you know it was out at a time when phantom of the opera and those big kind of inaccessible um i think i feel like broadway at the time was for rich people in new york right and then rent came along and it had this story of of starving artists of young people of uh this of diversity and rock for that matter, you know, it was electric guitars and the the whole music styling. And I feel like it changed and it made um, musicals more accessible and it made a whole generation of young people go, hey, that's a cool thing. I want to learn more about musicals. And I think it got a lot of people into musicals. And so it's important for that reason. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. And I think... Um... Hamilton, which we'll talk about in a minute, yep. did that Same. as well. So, yeah. Um, and then Lydia, have you seen Rent? Listen to Rent? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked the diversity in it, like that there was like a trans person in it. And um, I like that there was like LGBTQ people. And I liked all the so- most of the songs in it and just like all that stuff it was cool (laughs) cool awesome do you have a favorite song from it probably without you i like that one (laughs) awesome and then tiffany i like the comparison to and i know we're going to go into this more in depth than in just a bit with hamilton but i do like that comparison judy how it made Broadway accessible for people who were not like Manhattanites who were not like, you know, running the rat race, the, let's call it the eight to the eight to two crowd, the ones on wall street, <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are, are sitting up at the big corner offices, not doing any work, but making the, you know, making the, mm-hmm. the big six figures, the big seven figures and, and massive bonuses and things like that. It did feel like it was a musical for the people yeah. uh, and not just for the, uh, the, the top 1% of the top 1%. And uh, you, I think the heartbreaking thing about it is when I think about like Jonathan Larson who mm-hmm. wrote it and who, you know, who dies before he gets to see his his baby and his his work come to fruition that's just oh you know but it also adds like this lore to to the entire production because the fact that it got to the level of popularity that it did where i mean if you went into and lydia's too young for this but if you went into (laughs) like a um uh warehouse records (laughs) 
or Tower Records and you wanted to get a Rent original Broadway cast recording CD, you couldn't find one because it was so popular. Everybody, you had to order it and you had to wait like a month to get it. Um, So the fact that it has this lasting impact because of that, I think it's really shoved its way and shouldered its way into the forefront of of popular musicals it's not like you said judy it's not a phantom of the opera it's not a a big overly musicality listic i just made that up uh, <laughs> i like it <laughs> um, type of of a production like cats or um or south pacific Something like that. It is that's not what it is. It's meant to be grungy. It was a height of the um it was a height of like I think, you know, the kind of the mid kind of punk movement in New York. So you're going to see that reflected in the costuming. And it's something that feels like regular Joe Schmoes and Jane Schmoes can go out and I can look like the people that are in rent. I can look like the main characters. Um, because I possibly am one of the main characters. I am a starving artist. I am a a struggling, uh, you know, nine to nine to seven-er because <laughs> I'm working three jobs. Um, th- that's why I like it. That's why it, it's it's really endearing to me. So, and I think my favorite song, my favorite songs from there are "Will I" and "I'll Cover You." Those are my those are my two favorites. I just I love both of them. They make me kind of get misty. <laughs> oh yeah, I never don't cry when watching Red ever. <laughs> oh, and I will mention I okay. So I do not like I've seen the the stage production um, on on tape or our DVD, and then which I love. I've seen the film version, which I do not like and then that horrificness that was the live staged version oh yeah oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah that was pretty bad that was brutal that was that was really really brutal and I think they should have just um yeah they should have passed that one by <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, that one. yeah I was gonna ask you guys what you thought of the film version um yeah, have you seen the film version, Judy? I like it. I mean, you know, obviously there's things that are missing, you know, that you get on stage that that you don't get from the film version. But I like the film version. I think it had amazing talent in it. For you know, the 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 cast was just fantastic. Um, so yeah, I liked it. <laughs> and you know, Rent always also. Uh, Lydia, you're a little bit young for this, but I think everybody else here, we lived through that um, AIDS crisis in the 70s and 80s, I'm sorry, 80s and 90s. And it was it was heartbreaking. And so I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I can I can never watch Rent without tearing up because, you know, when when Angel. Yeah, I just. So it just it's 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 a very emotional one for me. All the emotions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All of the emotions. And you know what? I like what I like that um you said how the cast is so I mean the cast is uber talented in, in the film version too. I think what I had an issue with was the fact that they were too old. 
to be playing the characters at that time. (laughs) And they were too old um, because they were just right in in 96. (laughs) (laughs) But then like in 05, 06, it's like, you guys are too old to be doing this. (laughs) Recast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And did, did you see the film, Lydia? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you like it? Do you remember? Or... Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, like, the play to base it on or the musical to base it on, but I liked yeah. it. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, it's, it's, it is what you guys were saying, just kind of building off there of how it did make uh, musicals more more accessible um you know like if even for people that don't like musicals i think musicals like rent and um we'll get into the book of mormon as well and hamilton i think even for people that don't like musicals they like those um and i think it's because it doesn't feel like I think sometimes people think musicals are kind of snobby like when we were talking about the one percent seeing them they're they're people might think of a snobbery associated to with them. And I know like my sister hates musicals. She absolutely hates musicals, but she really wants to see Hamilton. Like she's just dying to see Hamilton and she really, really wants to see book of Mormon. In fact, we were supposed to go see that this summer, but then, you know, COVID happened. Um, But yeah, so, so that's, what's interesting about those. And, and I believe she actually likes the movie version of rent. um, If I'm remembering correctly, I could be wrong about that, but because I think it just didn't feel as um, fake. I think that's the best way to put it. It felt more real uh, for her, at least as far as like, you know, she wasn't like, Oh my God, this is so over the top and so annoying. That's the way she feels about musicals. So, um, so I think it also made it accessible for people who don't usually like musicals, like kind of look at them as, as if musicals kind of look down on you, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a, that's another good thing that Rent did. And, and we'll talk about Hamilton in a minute with doing that as well. Um, and yeah, just the lasting impact of it, um, the subject matter that it dealt with, um, I think it's, it's something that is still relevant today and probably will be for years to come. Um, and so I think that's, that's, what's so, so great about it. Um, yeah, well, let's get in. Sorry, go ahead. I say it's funny, you know, you talk about people who don't like musicals going to see something like Hamilton. And all I could think of was, they're making it harder for me to go see. <laughs> I'm like, darn it. <laughs> Leave room for the theater geeks who have seen every other musical out there. And they're taking up all the seats. They don't even know what it's about. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, well, let's get into... Um, the Book of Mormon, and the reason I just want to get into this one is I think this is another one that I think this attracted a totally different audience than normally goes to see musicals, um, and maybe not in the same way that Rent did, even though I mentioned it just a second ago, but I think it attracted just because of who made the musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it attracted a lot of people that loved South Park. They went to go see this because they loved that. Um, so I'll just want to go around and see if 
anyone has seen the Book of Mormon or has any thoughts about that one, Judy? I really, really, really love the Book of Mormon. Uh, it's just so much fun. And yes, I've seen it multiple times. And I have all the music on my phone. I listen to it all the time. It's hilarious and crass. And um, I, I love the way it makes fun of uh, organized religion. Um, I do understand there's definitely some problematic aspects. Uh, you know, certainly it's from a viewpoint of it's very Western centric and the way it depicts the, um, the, the people of Uganda and, um, you know, the ignorance of medical practices and you know, misinformation about AIDS and things like that. Yeah, I get it. That's problematic. But what would you expect, you know, from the people who wrote South Park? <laughs> um, but it's, I don't know, it's just so funny. I, I laugh the whole time. Um, and the other thing that also makes me laugh, it's not even about the musical itself, but when you go see the musical, uh, there's always a few audience members that don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> And it's always funny to see them, you know, kind of start looking at each other like, you know, as soon as they, as soon as Hasadega Ibawai um, comes on, and if, if anybody here doesn't know what that means, um, I don't know if I can curse or not, but the, the translation is F.U. God. Uh, so once that comes on, there's, it's always funny to see a few audience members get up and leave. <laughs> Because <laughs> they got themselves into something they didn't expect. But no, I just, I I love that musical. Um, yeah, I just, it's very, it's very entertaining. If you can put aside a little bit of problematicness to it. <laughs> and Lydia, is this one you've seen or heard music from? I haven't watched or like heard the Book of Mormon. You haven't? Okay. Yeah, I would, I would be interested um to hear uh if if sarah has seen it because sarah grew up mormon right yeah yeah yes i'd be interested um and tiffany have you seen book of mormon i haven't seen it but i've listened to the i've listened to the original broadway cast Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's one of those things it's a weird thing i haven't i haven't actually seen it but i know the music and i love the music and it is like you said judy problematic times it's just <laughs> so problematic <laughs> but it's <laughs> but it's so it's clever it's uh, it's mm-hmm. really clever and it's really witty and I I really like it I really like it and um Rory O'Malley and um not I said Rory O'Malley uh, Andrew Reynolds that's what I wanted to say Andrew Reynolds that is just oh my goodness so amazing he's so funny he's so because i can just see his face like doing this doing the movements as he's singing and he's just so he's <laughs> hilarious i like him a lot <laughs> yeah and like i said i was supposed to go this was a birthday present from my sister was tickets to go see this um this summer so Aww. and i'm very sad <laughs> that, that that did not happen um, because I have not seen it. I've only listened to the songs. Um, so I have not had the pleasure of seeing it live. Um, and I'm not even a big South Park fan because I'm not an animated fan. Um, so yeah, but, but I, but I, but it does, but it does crack me up. The songs crack me up when you really 
listen to the words and yeah there are problematic elements to it like there are problematic elements to south park so <laughs> you know like you said that's what you get with parker and stone um you know uh, that's that's part of what they're known for are you guys fans of south park then i'm not but you know i i just <laughs> I you said that well, i thought you were going to say i am i'm not like i'm not i'm not a fan you know like i just never watched it I think yeah. maybe I've seen one episode. I think didn't it come? Didn't it start like in the early nineties? I like believe, the, yeah, the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think it started whenever I was stationed overseas. So I didn't oh. get. I wasn't on in the beginning, and so I just it just never caught on for me. Um, but yeah, I love I love the musical regardless. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, and if I hope you do get get to go see it. I know you said you're you lost your tickets for this season, but um, it has, you know, if you've listened to the musical, you know, it's got that old uh, kind of classical mm-hmm. musical style, and it even has that kind of pageantry in the show itself, and it's just so much fun with the costumes and whatnot, and it's hilarious, hilarious. So. I, I hope we all, I hope you guys all get to go see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. And were you a fan of South Park, Tiffany? You know what? I'm now I'm embarrassed to say it, but I was. <laughs> I won't be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I mean, because when it came out in the, in the, the mid nineties, I was a, you know, I was a young teen and it was, it was funny how like, you know, this like, kind of gross humor and just um, the entire silliness of it all. My sister, um, who should not have been watching because she's eight years younger than me. <laughs> we have this one episode. I know that is just so ridiculous because it's about like the poopy Santa Claus and it's the stupidest thing you've ever seen, but it's so funny. We all have our guilty pleasures. It's cool. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm admitting this on the podcast right now. <laughs> Hey, hey, I used to watch, and I'm not an animated person, but I used to watch Beavis and Butthead, so, you know. <laughs> so that's bad, too. <laughs> yeah, so and, same boat, Erin. Yes. <laughs> Except for, I think Beavis and Butthead is a little bit more embarrassing to watch than South Park. <laughs> it's even worse. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then I'm assuming, Lydia, have you seen any of these? <laughs> no. No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Lydia's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you all are so old. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Did you just say yes, Lydia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get into, I know that Lydia is into this person let's get into lynn manuel miranda and let's talk about we can first talk about um in the heights which sadly i will say originally this episode was going to be all about lynn manuel miranda because we were going to be celebrating the release of in the heights which has been pushed to next year so because of that that's why we decided to do it more on a broad range so we will definitely next year be doing a whole episode just about him um, and talking about that just in celebration, it'll be around the time it gets released so that we can watch it first before doing the episode. So let's go around and just talk about In the Heights and Hamilton and just him in general and just your thoughts on him, Judy. Yeah. Oh, the talent, my God. 
um, yeah, I did see In the Heights a um, long time ago. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda didn't really know much about him or that he was going to be, you know, the next big thing. Um, but In the Heights was kind of another example of one of those kind of like Rent, where it invited, you know, this whole new genre um, into musical theater of of rap and and kind of pop uh, or not pop, but more like hip hop styles and um, also new faces that we hadn't necessarily on seen on stage you know you have something like Les Mis which is always like oh they're groundbreaking because you know one character was played by a black actress I mean you know, it's, uh, and then you get into something like In the Heights or Hamilton where the whole cast is diverse uh, nationalities and races and and accents and just interesting you know it's it's it looks more like we do as America so um yeah I I in the heights was was one that I really loved um but I do think it was a certainly not nearly as polished as Hamilton so do we want to talk to him about Hamilton yet or we're we just going on talking Lin-Manuel Miranda first <laughs> Um, we can, yeah, why, why don't we go, we'll, we'll talk him first. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll get to Hamilton since I think Hamilton will probably take a lot more time. Okay. Um, so yeah, so we'll just. I'll pass the conch. <laughs> <laughs> so then, um, Lydia, have you listened to In the Heights then as well, or just Hamilton? Um, just Hamilton. We tried to watch In the Heights, but like, it didn't really work. We couldn't figure it out. So just Hamilton. <laughs> But I really like Lynn. He's so cool. Um, He's got, like, all these musicals, and they're so diverse, and it's, like, all different. And you kind of, like, you know, like, you would watch, like, other musicals, and they're not quite as diverse. And he's got, like, (laughs) he made a musical about um, a founding father and he was like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make it hip-hop and rapping and we're like what what <laughs> and he's so like really cool and yeah I, I... yeah he's a he's a really really great guy yeah visionary yeah yep and then Tiffany your thoughts on in the heights and just Lynn in general I I do think it wasn't as polished Judy so I totally agree with you there um I just think it it did show like him just scratching the surface of that talent that he has. That's what In the Heights was. And I know it it won a Tony and um, but you look at that as compared to what he's done now and not just with and not just with Hamilton. I'm just thinking about the You know, he did the music for Moana. So just that as well. I mean, I think if you've seen Moana, you can kind of agree that that is some that's some darn good (laughs) music and lyrics in that film it's one of I know it's one of my daughter's favorites and it's definitely one of my like new Disney classics um and that's him that's his evolution and his um growth and I I like the fact that Lynn sees himself as not just and he doesn't see himself as just an actor he doesn't see himself as just a composer 
he sees himself as a, a full-blown artist and he recognizes his roots as a lyricist, which I think is incredible because he's, he sees himself as like a rapper and having that background when you're able to really like pull from just anything and you can rhyme it with anything is, is that's amazing. That's, I mean, that's not just talent. That's a gift. That's a blessing. And, um, I'm sad to Sarah. Um, uh, why did I just call you Sarah? I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm sad too about uh, not being able to to see in the Heights this summer. You know, I was really looking forward to to taking my daughter and, and going to see it because she's a big she's a big Lin Manuel fan too. She's nine and she and she just thinks he's just the bee's knees. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if it's going to take that you know, maybe not quite as polishedness that, and, and now that he's done some other things, the movie, the ads for the movie certainly make it look like it's going to amp up from what we, what we saw on stage with in the Heights. I'm excited. I'm so excited about so. it. Yeah. I think so. I, I think it looked, um, it, I had a, a couple of questions about the casting of some of the characters, because I thought in my mind, I was thinking, huh, there might've been somebody else you could have pulled for it. But I'll reserve that until I actually see it on screen and and go from there. But yeah, it looked incredible. I think just the overall um, the overall production value looked amazing. So I'm sad that we don't get to see it this summer. But hopefully, we'll be back in theaters next next year, and yeah. we can throw our ducats at him and make him need to <laughs> take my money. <laughs> take my money then. <laughs> And also he was in the uh, Mary Poppins Returns. He was in the the new Mary Poppins movie. So, yeah. yeah. And he's just an incredible human being. If you just listen to him, um, any of his acceptance speeches, too, at the Tonys. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of those or watched any when he's won. Um, He's just an incredible person. He's... um, there's, There's no real ego there, at least that I can see. And I think for someone who has a success that he has right now, it could be very easy to fall into that trap of, of becoming very egotistical and, um, you know, forgetting the giving nature that art has, but he definitely hasn't become that, at least not that I'm seeing. Um, he just has a genuine heart. He's a genuine artist and he genuinely wants to share that art. And I think he realizes that really great art can change the world um, in some ways that however small it is or however big it is. And, um, that's what I think so amazing about him. I, I will say I've never seen in the Heights live, just listen to the music. Um, but watching just the trailer for that, and it's because I'm such a sucker for music in general, but musicals really, um, I like teared up and like almost started crying in the theater just watching the trailer. So that's how excited I was. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be probably Aaron's movie of this year because, uh, you know, that's been the case the past couple of years is my favorite movie has been, you know, heavily involved music like um a star is born. And then of course, um, rocket man last year. So yeah. Yeah. So I was really, really looking forward to it and bummed by that. And I'm just excited to see what, uh, Lin-Manuel does in the future because I mean, I just can see him just, uh, you know, ending up winning like an Oscar and an Emmy and, you know, just become, you know, 
winning the big four. Now I can't remember what that's called. An EGOT. Yeah, I can see him becoming an EGOT winner for sure. Um, and changing even more things in musicals and changing more things in art. And um, in being such an inspiration to a lot of up-and-comer coming artists and writers and uh, musicians and everything. I just, just think he's an incredible human being and we're very lucky to have him around right now. Um, a, a lot with a lot of what he has done. It's just, it's just amazing. So that's why I'm excited to do a whole episode just talking about him next year. So that'll, oh, that'll really? be a fun one. Yeah. Well, you know, one <laughs> of the things I love about him is, you know, you kind of talked about what he contributes but also he's got this kind of humbleness and um he acknowledges he's like you know i may not be the most talented actor or singer you know even even in hamilton and he's right he's you know like look at leslie odom jr oh my gosh right Mm -hmm. but he's he may not have the most raw talent as a performer on stage but he's like the only way i'm gonna get on that stage is if I write my own stuff because there's just not many roles for me. So I, that's incredible. Um, and the humbleness that goes along with that, um, you know, just like I, I know I'm not the most talented one out there. So I'm going to give those roles to the people that can really bring them to life. I, you just have to respect that as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And that's, that's very rare. That's honestly, that's very rare. Um, you know, it's, it's rare in Hollywood and it's rare in the theater industry as well. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of divas all over the place and a lot of people <laughs> that want to take everything for themselves. And so that's, that's a rarity. So we're very lucky in, in that respect too. Um, okay. Well, let's get into Hamilton then. Cause I know this will probably take up a lot, maybe <laughs> even the rest of the podcast, or a little bit at least. Um, so let's talk about that. So Judy, what are your overall thoughts on Hamilton and, and what was it like seeing it live since all of you have seen it except for me live? So, <laughs> <laughs> so just uh, before I get into Hamilton, one thing yeah. I just remembered about In the Heights, there is a recorded version of the stage version with Lin-Manuel Miranda out there. Um, I'm not sure if it's YouTube, Hulu, whatever Look through all the streaming services. You may be able to find it. Um, okay. So, because it, it's out there and it has, I'm pretty sure it has Lynn. So, cool. Yeah. If you if you want to see you. it, it is, it is, uh, it's out there. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So, Hamilton. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I remember I first started seeing Buzz, um, you know, about this brand new musical set during the early days of America. Um on Tumblr, where that's, you know, that's, if you want to get the early buzz on everything, that's the place to find it. (laughs) And um, this was before it was even at the Richard Rogers, you know, this was, you know, when it was in its early um, run. So I started watching bootleg clips of it (laughs) before it was even, you know, officially on Broadway. And I was just enthralled. Um, the twist, you know, on our history of showing it from a different point of view was revolutionary. No pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah. And so as soon as it, as soon as it, they finally um, got to Richard Rogers theater and recorded the soundtrack, I downloaded that and listened to it compulsively. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I was the person that whenever it came to Denver, I think it was last year, I stood outside in the snow for three or four hours. I don't even know how long. I remember that. I remember you talking about that. (laughs) Waiting for tickets um, for it. And it was so funny because, you know, we were in this crowd and there was a lot of those, those people that, you know, I kind of talked about earlier on the podcast that were there to get tickets because of the buzz. They didn't really know much about this, weren't really into theater, hadn't ever seen or listened to it or anything. And so it was funny because there were some of us who were just the total nerds about it who were playing the music on our phones. We were singing the songs. We were... (laughs) So all the people in the in line with me, you know, whenever I was able to pretty much recite every lyric, they're like, okay, if anybody here get, should get tickets, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily I got the last three, but um, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I, I, I definitely want to see it again when it comes. And um, again, it's fresh and exciting and different and uh the music is catchy but it doesn't even have that um big broadway spectacle that you that you know some of those other big production shows like phantom have you know the costumes are pretty simple they never well they guess they do change once or twice but you know it's it's fairly simple costumes um that only change a little bit um, the the set is a very kind of basic set, um, and even the choreography, it's not like over the top big tap dance scenes and that kind of th- kind of stuff. But it really tells the story, and it's unique in the way that they use their bodies to tell this story because they have such a um, basic, simple stage. That's what they have to tell the story with their bodies. And the music and the the story itself, so that's that's what I find most exciting and most unique about Hamilton. And again, the way that it does, um, the way that it's broken some new ground and brought a whole new genre into the musical theater and a whole new audience getting excited about musical theater. I mean, look at Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's my take on Hamilton. And Lydia? Um, I think it was it was really cool because um my parent my mom was nannying these two kids and they were like super into Hamilton and so like I would listen to it and like <laughs> I got my other friends into it and now I can just like sing with them. I remember one time where in our old neighborhood we set up a speaker and we just played Hamilton and it was so loud (laughs) and we were just like I was like singing along to it and it's like so fun because the songs are super catchy and stuff but it's also like it gives you weirdly specific knowledge about the life of Alexander Hamilton that you're like I just know this random fact like now I know that Jefferson like really really liked mac and cheese just because just because like it's not even in the musical but it's like fans like find all this like all this stuff that like they don't <laughs> you're like what 
I didn't know this about history, what? So it was like super fun. And then you also have a song to go along with whatever is happening. And every time I listen to it, I'm like, like trying to sing um, nonstop is a losing battle. But it's like so super fun. And I think Lynn did a really good job on it. And then there's like all the diversity and like, um, when I got tickets, it was like, I like started crying. I was like, yay. But, um, and then I got to see Eliza like burning the letters on stage. And I was like, this is so cool. But yeah, during the sad parts, it was extra sad. I was like, oh no, Philip. So, yeah, I think it's like, really great. <laughs> and was that one of the first musicals you ever saw on stage then? Yeah, it's like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That must have been just a very, very amazing, unique experience to be able to have that be your first one. And right, yeah. yeah. Was it very emotional? And you were talking yeah. a little bit about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I realized, like, I thought that I don't know what I thought. I was like. But I realized, like, a night before that we went, I was like, this isn't going to be Lynn on stage. And then I got mm-hmm. kind of sad. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. It's Hamilton. <laughs> You're going to see Hamilton. It's fine. What's yeah. your favorite number? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> too many. Too many. <laughs> I like them They're all. all like ones. <laughs> That's a good answer. Did you get any, like, memorabilia or anything? Yeah, I got a Hamilton hoodie, and I didn't want to wear it, because I was like, I need to frame it and put it on my wall, and then I was like, wait a second, if I never wear it, I'm going to regret it later on. I'm going to be like, why didn't I wear the Hamilton hoodie? So. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. And then Tiffany? So I I try to character... I, I categorize musicals into like a few different time frames. So you've got your your big huge numbers of the 80s. Well, no, scratch that. You've got kind of this stripped down smoky sexy um genre like cabaret, all that jazz in the 70s. You've got your big over the top numbers like Phantom in the 80s, Cat. And then in the 90s you get back to the stripped down with something like Rent. And then you get an influx of, once again, over-the-top big musicals with um, The Lion King. Uh, what else? Aida. Wicked. <clears throat> and that's probably the, the, the reference point I have for something that's really, really huge and kind of takes over the, the public sphere was Wicked. I mean, everybody was singing Defying Gravity. Everybody, well, everybody was trying to sing <laughs> Defying Gravity. Nobody could actually hit the notes. But um, when, when we started getting rumblings of it, I have, I have a, a ton of friends who live in New York City, and they were talking about going to see it at the public. <clears throat> so I think three or four of them went and saw it at the public first and then they were like okay you guys are going to have to go see this it's amazing it's going to end up on Broadway eventually just be patient and then when it does 
come and we can go eat and we can have fun. And so I'm biting, I, I wasn't really too, too, too like concerned about it until Lynn dropped the whole soundtrack online. And I think it was on Spotify. And then it was also um, cross-referenced to Pandora as well. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> whoa <laughs> what is happening here I like all of this this is all amazing <laughs> give me more I listened to it like I mean 24-7 for at least like five months I just listened to it nonstop. ha 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 pun anyway <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I made a plan actually Aaron with Shannon we started scheming to get tickets and this was in the fall of 2015 so we're scheming 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 trying to trying to get the best time to get tickets and I said look this is what we're gonna have to do now she's coming from Florida I'm coming from California we're trying to meet up in New York to go see Hamilton and she's like we just have to get the tickets first don't even worry about the flights (laughs) we just need to get in into the building I'm like but we have to get there (laughs) we can't walk (laughs) so it was but it was bananas that's what we did because the the pricing was so outrageous I mean, outrageous. Like, I felt like we had to be like oil barons to get these tickets. We had to be like railroad heiresses to get these tickets. And we got them, though. We got the tickets. And it was for a Tuesday show. And uh, Tuesday, 7 p.m. in April. And then we we coordinated everything else after that. Got my flight <laughs> after that. Got my my Airbnb after that. And so when I um I missed the the one thing the only thing I regret and I don't I it's not a regret because it's nothing that could could have been done was that I did miss Jonathan Groff as um, King George by two weeks. Uh-huh. That was only person that I missed was Jonathan Groff. I got Lynn. I got Leslie Odom Jr. I got Diggs. I got Renee Elise Goldberry. I got Philippa Sue. I got Jasmine Sessions. Wow. I got them all. Chills. <laughs> and I, and so I missed Jonathan Groff and then I got um, uh, Rory O'Malley. That's who was playing King George while Jonathan Groff was um, filming the looking film. And I know we talked about that in the um, when we were doing the setup for this. <clears throat> so it, it was, I salted the Richard Rogers with my tears. <laughs> <laughs> I basically, I mean, because I, I pretty much like boohooed the entire second act. Like I was just, it was just a constant <laughs> stream of tears, like just tears <laughs> down my face for the entire second act. And that got you so much, man, you know, it was the, um, well, the first thing that hit me was, uh, Chris, uh, Jackson singing, um, one last time that uh, when he hits it, when he held that note, I swear he held, he held it longer than he needed to because (laughs) we were, we were all up and like wildly cheering and he's still holding that final note in that. And, um, and then, uh, uh, Philippa counting, you know, yeah. When, um, 
when Philip dies and oh. and then it's quiet uptown just that just mm-hmm. broke me down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was melting in my seat <laughs> at that point. <laughs> when completely... she screams, when she screams, oh, oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I know. Just oh. It was um it was incredible. It's incredible. Um I did and then I saw it a second time. I saw it in I saw the Chicago cast in 2018 and it it was lacking. Um, I think I felt like they were a bit bored with it. Um, it. It's all. I mean, they sounded good and it looked, and the production still looked good. But I feel like the performance was a bit lacking. Um, Sometimes it's a matter of how into it the audience was. So if the audience was reacting the way you're describing, that might have been part of it. I think so. Yeah, there's something to be said about. Um, the the wave of emotion that you energy get. is contagious yeah exactly the energy is contagious and the the Chicago crowd was a lot more sedate mm-hmm. um, just overall like even because in the opening number when you hear that yeah when you hear that it's like okay it's go time it's you know it's it's get hype and and they were really like midwestern about things they were very uh, <laughs> very laid back and and kind of just sat quietly so it, that could have been it that that definitely could have been it so um, I but i would the new york audience just makes it you know just the it, the energy back and forth between the audience and the the actors on stage just builds a fever pitch i i tend to agree i tend to agree although i've had people who um who have seen, who saw the LA cast when it was here um, about a year and a half ago. And mm-hmm. they had really good things to say about the, about the LA um, traveling troupe. So I wanted to see it here, but those tickets were, I mean, they were outrageous. They would cost more than the tickets that I paid for in New York. So no, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's something that I will never forget. Um, like never, ever, ever. I, I will never forget it. It will always just have really excellent memories for me. And I did buy merch as well. <laughs> I have a pair of socks. I have, um, and I have a, a zip up hoodie that I really like. So. so I'm wondering if being a woman of color, do you feel like it, you connected more because of that? Um, to a certain extent, because... Um, I always like to see because we're so underrepresented, especially especially black women in in theater. We're really un- underrepresented uh, on stage in lead roles. So I love seeing um, Jasmine Jasmine Cephas Jones, who's you know biracial. I love seeing Renee Elise Goldsberry up there in very prominent roles and um, and really just proving that they can hang with anybody. <laughs> They can do anything that they set their minds to. So I love that part of it. Um, and on the flip side, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to think that these, you know, just because they're, they're rapping and that they're singing and everything sounds really good and looks really great, that these men had anything redeemable about them. No <laughs> butthole. We know Washington was a butthole. We know <laughs> was a butthole, you know, and Hamilton... Uh. 
was maybe not a butthole when it came to slavery, but he was definitely a butthole to Eliza. Okay. (laughs) And let's not act like that was his only affair either, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So um, from that instance, you know, so I get what people are saying now when people bring it up and, um, and kind of um, use that in, especially in the, in the, the, the social <clears throat> obligations that we have today and that we're trying to to pull people in and see our viewpoint that, hey, this is, you have to be careful about how you kind of canonize people. Um, but I don't think that's not necessarily what Lynn was doing, especially because he talks about Jefferson. I mean, it's all in the lyrics, <laughs> you know, a, a neighbor, you know, a civic lesson from, a, you know, a slaver. Come on. Yeah. He says it yeah. right there. You know, so we all know how much of a jerk they all were. And I probably got off topic about that. But um, yeah, no, I, it still amazes me when I listen to it. It's still like, it fills me with joy. Um, when I hear it and then it, it drops me into the depths of sadness in a good way yeah. um, in the parts that it's supposed to. And um, I, it, it's always going to hold, it's always going to hold a very special place in my heart. It, it really will. And that's that. On that. Interesting opinion. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> well, I'm just jealous of all of you guys. That's all I'm going to say right now. Because You'll I go love that. You'll get that. Yeah. You're going to get there, Aaron. <laughs> it's not the same experience to just listen to it. I, I don't think. I mean, there's something. I think that's true of most musicals. Is there's something about seeing it live. Um that that brings a different kind of passion to it and a different feeling to it. And like, like you were saying, getting emotional and melting into the seat and, you know, it, there's just something so powerful about being there and seeing it. And, you know, sometimes seeing it on a, on a movie screen can do that too, but there's just something so special about the live because when it's live, you don't know what's going to happen too. There's also that part to it. And what you guys were saying about what, what you were saying, Tiffany, about seek, seeing it in Chicago and it not having the same effect and then talking about possibly the, the audience also playing into to that. I know you and Judy were talking about that. I will say as someone who used to act a lot and used to do theater, um, which is the best natural high in the whole entire world is being on stage. Um, but I remember doing this play, it's called the eight reindeer monologues. It's a very, very, very adult Christmas play. Um, <laughs> it's about Santa Claus is on trial for doing horrible things to the reindeer. Oh. Um, yeah. And each reindeer gets up and they have their own monologue and I played dancer. Um, and I remember when we did the first one, I, one, the first, um, the, the opening night, it was amazing. I mean, the crowd was laughing because it's very dark too. It's very got a lot of dark humor in it, and they were laughing and cheering, and they were such a great audience. And so we were having so much fun. It was like, oh my god, this is going to be the best play. And then the very next night, the audience didn't laugh. Like I think they laughed twice. And when you're doing something that has comedy in it, and they don't laugh, it makes you, you know, not give the best performance because you're like, what am I doing wrong? That's not making them laugh. And so we had a couple of performances like that. And I remember we would have like people would forget their lines, all this stuff. So it is true that when you're doing theater, you really rely on the audience in a lot of ways because you have that to play off of. So I think if you don't have an audience that's into it or you have an audience that's disruptive, like 
people who bring their cell phones, awful people like that. Um, it it can ruin the experience because it's not like going to a movie theater. And while I'm a I'm a film geek, you know, when when you're in a movie theater, that's already been filmed, so there's nothing to do about that. But when you're doing something live, you know, it, when you have a good audience, it makes your performance all the better, you know, and and it makes their experience all the better. So I mean, I I wasn't there, so I don't know if that was that was part of it, but I I think that really does play a big role sometimes in the enjoyment of seeing um a play and a musical and just seeing that it's it's you know it can be just the incredible because I've had experiences seeing musicals that I love um like the time I did get to see Oklahoma I will say it wasn't the best experience um and it could have been the audience it was also I think the cast and then like you'll have other experiences where it's just like the most like one of the best experience of it as I've ever had sorry we're going kind of off topic not really was when I saw um a streetcar named desire um and I saw they did they did a version of it here and I think it toured too with an all-black cast and so it was just so interesting to see it like see I saw it with your with uh, with your mom Lydia with Joyce um and it was just so incredible that's one of my favorite plays anyway um Tennessee Williams is a genius and that was just so powerful to see that. Plus it was in a theater in the round. So we were all kind of close in and the actors were incredible. Oh my gosh. The woman who played Blanche was amazing. Just beyond amazing. I wish I could remember her name, but anyway, that, that just kind of plays into it where, you, where if you have an audience that's really into it, because the audience was so into it, everyone was on the edge of their seat. Then that also makes the experience so much, so much better. Um, so yeah, I just, I hope I get to see Hamilton sometime <laughs> because you guys have really made me incredibly jealous. I will say <laughs> we'll get back to real life someday. <laughs> someday you will. Cause I was, I had it on a reminder on my, I'm like, okay, Aaron, you'll have to get up like really early up to get in line, like really quickly as far as like on virtual, I was going to try and do it online. And I had the reminder and everything and I was going to get it. I was going to it was going to be my birthday present to my sister. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to get these. I'm going to get these. I'm determined. And then of course, you know, everything happened. So it was like a week, it was like a week before they went on sale that everything. Yeah. Kind of fell mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So that was, that was a total, total bummer. So I am jealous, <laughs> but I just, I loved listening to you guys talk about that because there's something so, so special about the theater um you know there's just something something very 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 special about it um I think even the smell of the theater is a little bit different I don't know if that even makes sense but there's just (laughs) what kind of musty I used to go to the theater back east like here in Denver it's very kind of new and modern-y but I lived back east and the theaters were 150 years old with murals and candle, uh, you know, uh, chandeliers and just this gorgeous old character of the theater. I mean, you felt like it's just a little bit of a different experience, even if it's the same show, just that big old classic theater experience. There's something cool about it. I totally agree with that because I saw um, I saw Wicked at the when they toured at the Sagerstrom, which is this um, very nice, very shiny, 
<laughs> newer kind of um, auditorium in Orange County uh, in California. And it was cool. It was nice. But I did feel like it was a bit, the staging was a bit small. It felt like a little bit small scale. And then when I see people, when I hear people talk about how they stage it on Broadway, it's like, hmm, that sounds like much larger, much bigger, more production value overall. It was very good. It was very good. I really had a great time um, seeing it, but I would love to see that as it, sh- as it, it should be with mm-hmm. a big, big, giant theater. And um, we have the Pantages out here in L.A., and that's probably like probably close to about 75 years old. So it's got some it's got some, bo- some good bones. To it, yeah, it's got a lot of character. It's not stadium style seating; it's, it's regular, <laughs> regular theater style seating. Like, so if somebody has a hat on, somebody tall uh, hair, you're out of luck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're out of luck. But so they put it. They do a lot of um, when the Hamilton tour comes back to LA. That's where they go to. They go to the Pantages. They uh, they like doing it there. So if anybody's in LA, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and there's and there are theaters around here, Judy, that are a little bit older. Um, they're more, uh, more the, I don't want to say independent, but more you know that uh, they wouldn't be Broadway here, but you know off off Broadway kind yeah. of stuff. There's like yeah. Miners Playhouse and uh, Miners Alley Playhouse and Golden is kind of like that. And the one where I did that Rainier monologue was a theater company that I helped run for a little while, um, and it was in a like warehouse down um, near near the railroad tracks, kind of <laughs> local like... theater too. It doesn't have to be the big, yeah. huge production. I I think local theater, just the passion of mm-hmm. you know volunteers who just do it for the for the love of it is. There's something to be said for that too. And there's the intimacy with that because mm-hmm. you're a lot closer Absolutely. to the actors. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I just recently saw, I can't even remember what Neil Simon play it was, I saw with my mom at Miner's Alley not too long ago, and it was like that, you know, we were like two rows back from the stage, you know, so it was very, very intimate uh, feeling. Um, what are your thoughts, Lydia, on, on, do you see a lot of plays and musicals, or just Hamilton? I see a few, I've been in a few too, like, but I usually play the parent because I'm tall, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just kind of. Yeah. Do, do you agree that it's like this amazing feeling to be up there? Like it yeah. gives you this. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like the feeling beforehand because you're like, oh no, and then like <laughs> while you're on, you're like, okay, and then afterwards, you, it's usually really cool. So. And the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, theater folk, theater people are so much fun. <laughs> no, I make like best friends at like these camps, and then I never see them again. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> and do you guys still have the thing of not saying uh, Macbeth? Do you know that thing? Yeah, you're supposed to never ever talk about Macbeth before you before a play, because it's supposed to curse the play. Just so you know, never mention the play Macbeth. Right. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> little aside it's there. Not- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a theater thing where you're not supposed to say that. Just like you're supposed to say for good luck, break a leg. You're not yeah. supposed to say Macbeth. So yeah. It's it's very odd if you 
are in Macbeth, I'm sure. To be <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, how do you avoid it? <laughs> you can't really avoid that. Cool. Well, um, let's talk a little bit about, I know we have to wrap up here. So are there any other musicals really quickly that you want to give um, a shout out to or mention? I mean, I know there was stuff we didn't get to cover, but are there any musicals you'd like to quickly mention, Judy? Um, you know, one of my favorites that I just love to death, and I don't think it got nearly the, um, I mean, it won Best Musical that year, but I don't think it got nearly the public attention that it should have, is called The Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. It is so clever. Yeah. It's funny. The musical style is really unique. Um, it's it's like Victorian, uh, the and it's this tiny little stage and a small um, cast, but it's about this guy who um, finds out that he's 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 poor, but then he finds out by chance that he is actually eighth in line for some royalty position, like the to be an earl or something. And the only way he's going to get to be the earl is to kill seven people. <laughs> so that's. The- and it's a riot um, and of course, they're all terrible people and um yeah it's it's a fantastic hilarious musical with the most clever songs and timing so i recommend it if it comes around again make time to go see a gentleman's guide to love and murder I honestly hadn't heard of that. So. <laughs> it won, it won that. the Tony. I, think, I know that's why I'm amazed. Yeah. Um, uh, if you watch the Tonys that year, there's a performance from it. Um, and if you, once you watch that performance, you're like, Oh, I want to watch that. Cause that performance <laughs> alone just drew me in and, and made me want to go see the rest. Cool. Well, I'm going to have to definitely keep an eye on that one. It's then on, It's on YouTube. So you can find it. Okay. And then Lydia, are there any musicals you want to give a mention to quickly? Not really. Um, Not really. Hanson is really good. And Into the Woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dear Evan Hansen was one I was thinking we probably should have mentioned. Yeah. Not really. (laughs) 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 Tiffany, are there any you want to give a quick shout out to? Oh man, I had a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many. This could go well, on I mean, and on. This is why we've got to do I a second. I was thinking about the, you had mentioned one of my favorites, um, Aaron, when we first started, and that was Hello Dolly. And I actually just watched it with my oldest, and she loved it. And I was like, yes, I'm parenting the right way. Because <laughs> it's, oh my goodness, you know, I mean, hello, Barbara, the goat. let's just let's just lay it out there right now she is amazing in pretty much everything she does but hello dolly is my favorite of hers um and i don't know how i could forget the whiz i i I don't know how i forget that um i really really liked if you did never get a chance to see the stage version of it the live stage version that they did on um nbc a few years ago oh my goodness watch that it was so good it was so it was so good so yeah check that out um my daughter loved that one also and let me see what else oh and 
any of uh, Jennifer Holliday's performance as Effie Melody White in Dreamgirls. Uh-huh. Watch any of her. <laughs> she, did, she did two shows a day <laughs> for uh, six days a week for an entire year singing You're Gonna Love Me. <laughs> And I don't know how she did it because that song is athletic. (laughs) That's another chills song. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And the way she sings is she sings it full body every single time. She doesn't take, she doesn't skip. She doesn't take any time off in that song. You know, you can hear singers who, who kind of, um, they'll pull back Mm -hmm. sometimes. She never does. She never does when she sings that. She always goes full out, like full throttle. Um, and in, if you watch, uh, check out the 1984 Tonys. It's on YouTube uh, because they do uh, they do a performance of um, of that and Jennifer Holidays, and she's just incredible in it. She's, I mean, she was incredible. What a talent! Yeah. My goodness. And I can go on and on and on, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I do have a recommendation, though, Aaron. I yeah. do have a recommendation for anybody who loves Julie Andrews like I do. Hopefully mm-hmm. you all do as well. Um, watch her in Victor Victoria. Oh, yes, that's watch- good. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I think you'd like it, Lydia. It's it's a lot of fun. It, it's, yeah. And it's not a long movie either, but it's it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I'm done for real now. <laughs> Um, I'll say when I saw, um, when I saw Hello Dolly here, it was when, um, it was celebrating its 30th anniversary and, um, I got to see it with, uh, Carol Channing playing the oh, character. So yeah, yeah, so that was, that was pretty incredible experience. Um, and I was very fortunate to see that. So yes, yeah, so just, just mentioned that. That was, that was, that was a great play. That was so much fun. I mean, a great musical, um, and I mentioned it briefly in the beginning, but Chorus Line is another one of my absolute favorites. Um, as a kid, that was just, oh, there was just something magical about it. And I remember seeing it live and being like, I want to be one of those girls. I want to be up there. I want to be doing that. Um, too bad I never had the voice for it. But, but that was something I was just like, oh, that would be a dream to be in that one. And then I want to mention, this is more of a fun one. Um, I have a real big soft spot for Rock of Ages. <laughs> oh, you know, we didn't even talk about like jukebox musicals. Yeah. I, okay. I'm glad you're doing a second one because I've got so much more to say. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and I have a soft spot for actually the movie version of Rock of Ages, I will say. I know most people hated that, but I actually thought it was really good, and I thought it was so much fun to see that um, and to be able to – basically, I knew every every single word to every song they were singing. So I have, I have that's one of my guilty pleasure genres of music, so that's why I loved that one. So I just want to give a quick shout-out to that one because that one's – it's not deep or anything or like, you know gonna change anything necessarily except for if you go see that um a lot of times people won't dress up like they do for the theater they will dress up in like stuff you would have worn in the 80s <laughs> to go see nice. people perform so that's nice. pretty cool but yeah I wanted to give a quick shout out to that one Okay, well, you know, we could seriously, we're going to have to do a couple more of these and just focus on particular people um, and particular um, musicals. I know we are going to do one on Andrew Lloyd, Andrew Lloyd Webber as well in the future. So, um, yeah. So 
why don't we close out and we'll go around and just have everyone say where they can be found if you want to be found. Um, I'm assuming you're you're not on social media, right, Lydia? Uh-huh. And we don't really want. Yeah, we don't really. Want. <laughs> let's not dox the yeah, child. Yeah, yeah let's not let's do that. Not. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll skip over you, but we'll just say thank you, Lydia, so much for being on here. And Lydia is going to be back to talk about Marvel later in the year and also Harry Potter. So, woohoo! <laughs> okay, so I'll start with you, Judy, then, if you want to be found. <laughs> Well, you know, I do have um, a blog on Tumblr, but it's mostly about Supernatural. Um, I can be found at Angels Watching Over There. and um, But I don't really blog a lot about musicals or anything. So, yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my, that's my online presence, pretty much. <laughs> if you like Supernatural, too, then yeah, go exactly, there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then Tiffany? I can be found uh, mainly on Twitter, and my handle on Twitter is at who is Tiff is me, and that's W H O I S T I F F I S M E. Who is Tiff is me, and my Avi is a grumpy cat right now because that's how I feel. So, but it's me. It's, it's me, Tiffany. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you need to find me on Instagram, you can. Same thing at who is Tiff is me. I try not to be on Facebook because I dislike it so much. But if you need to find me on Facebook, I'm under Tiffany Wilson Smith. And I'm not a grumpy cat on that one. So it's just my face. <laughs> and I also write for the Game of Nerds. Uh, we're always looking for writers. So if you like to talk about Supernatural, if you like to talk about Marvel or Harry Potter, if you like to review things, books, games, uh, television, films, whatever, we take them all. You can contact us on Twitter at The Game of Nerds. You can contact us on Facebook, which is The Game of Nerds, or you can contact us on Instagram at The Game of Nerds. It's all one thing. (laughs) And and that will be linked in the show notes. So thank you, Erin. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at eAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod. On Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one. On Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, um, if you have any musicals that you want to give a shout out to, feel free to email us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get found in that big, 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 big wide world of podcasts. Um, And also as a reminder, we do have sponsorships now uh, for 99 cents to up to $9.99 a month. And like I said, everything we receive, 100% of it from now until October 1st, will be going to various Black Lives Matter organizations. And also remember, you'll get an opportunity to possibly be on a podcast in the future. So please go and do that. Um, And next week, we are going to be starting, we're going to be doing three movies um, that were made by black creators. um, And we're going to be starting with Get Out. So if you are a fan of that movie, uh, be sure to tune into that one. And then we're going to be doing, um, we're going to be doing Love and Basketball, which turned 20 this year. So um, that makes me feel old. And then this one makes <laughs> me feel even older. We're going to then be doing Do the Right Thing. Tiffany is going to be returning for that one. And that one is turning um, 31 years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That definitely makes me feel old. <laughs> but I remember yeah. seeing that when it first came out. It's, it's, it was something. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about yeah. all of those. So that, that, that'll that be a fun time. And then we might be doing a uh, Netflix watch of Spike Lee's latest movie, um, The Five Bloods. So we might be doing that before um, Do the Right Things. So I'm just trying to organize the time there. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing and Black Lives Matter. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.